In less than a week, voters from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest electoral battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 3rd of November. And you will once again be voting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from socialism, from communism. We're fighting for our right to live. To succeed. And should we win the day, the 3rd of November will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our election day. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Open up with that clip from Independence Day. Today we celebrate our election day. It's getting close, folks. It's four days away. It's a uh, it's uh, excitement time. It's nervous time. You know, it's you know you don't know what's going on in the polls. Um, you know what? I feel like I feel like it's going to be a landslide for Trump. But uh, you know, if you uh, if you think that your vote doesn't count. Don't think like that. Get out there and vote. Get out there and vote. And you know what's what's also important is not just the presidential election, but it's the congressional election. If you're living in uh, Riverside, make sure you get out and vote for Asia Smith. If you're living in uh, San Bernardino, Redlands, uh, Rialto, Fontana, um, Etiwanda, Ontario, Ranch Cucamonga, get out there and vote for uh, Agnes Gibney. And uh, let's get some. Uh, let's get some. Let's get the house back. Let's get the House back, and uh, we don't have a senator in the race this time, but uh, hopefully we keep the Senate, and uh, maybe we we get a bigger uh, a bigger um, majority. It's scary. It's scary out there to see what's happening because uh, we're not just up against we're not just up against um, you know whether there's going to be a Democrat or Republican because Democrats have gone so far to the left that it's like America or not America. You know, it's how long, how, how long are we, how long are we going to put up with this lockdown crap? 
How long are we going to, how long are parents not going to be able to be able to go to work because their kids can't go to school? How long are, how long are we going to just put up with this? You can't go out to dinner and we're going to watch businesses close down and close down because Biden thinks we should be closed down. You know what? I heard uh, uh, Anthony Fauci and a couple other Democrat uh, say that we're not going to be back to normal till 2022. Well, I'm not up for that. I'm not up for that. And I know that most of you aren't either. And uh, certainly in California, we will see a mass exodus of people. Uh, I'm recording this week from my house in Arizona, in Bullhead City, where the president came and visited on Wednesday. Um, And Don and I are probably going to be up looking for property in Montana as well. Um, Not because we want to move out permanent, but, you know, if if we're going to be locked down for another six months, maybe I just work remote for six months in another state because California is just stupid. You know, you can't, you just can't go outside. It's just, and, and we got a lot of propositions out there that are, that are, uh, that are trying to make, make, uh, make it easier to commit crimes and not have to, not have to pay bail to get out. And, uh, and, you know, all this stuff just encourages, just encourages people to not be afraid of the cops, not be afraid of, of committing crimes because they don't think they're going to go, Hey, I'm going to go to jail. They're going to, if I get caught, I'm going to go to jail. Uh, I'm going to be out in a couple hours and then I'm back and they're not going to prosecute me. And uh, because I'm protesting and they don't want to prosecute any of that. And uh, you know, there's a proposition about uh, uh, rent control. This is going to fix the, uh, the homeless problem. You're wrong. It's not going to fix the homeless problem. It's going to, it's going to make it worse because people that own houses that rent them, if they don't have control of, of being able to charge market rents, they'll just sell them. And those of you renters that would like to buy houses, maybe you'll have opportunity to buy the house that you're living in. But if you can't afford it, you're not going to have a place to live. So right now, I know that people are calling me all the time and say, hey, you have any, rent, any, any of your rental houses available? Um, no, I've been full for a long time. And maybe I've been full for a long time because I typically don't raise my rents as the market rents go up because it costs more to have, have empties than it does to... Uh, to make an extra 25 or $50 a month. So, but I've got some people that have been in, ho- been in my houses for 10, 11 years. And then I look at market rents today and I'm $500 a month under, under where they should be. So I think I'm going to be a nice guy and raise my rents, maybe 200 or a hundred or something. I'm going to start getting them up there or I'm just going to sell them. And especially if you take away my, my ability to, to raise my rents when I want to, when somebody moves out, I fix them back up and then I, then I charge market rents. Um, all those, all those places are going to go bye-bye. So what the Democrats don't understand is cause and effect and uh, unintended consequences. And we've seen the result of that in our country continuously, but, uh, but I'm going to talk about what's going on now in the last, in the last four days before election. And then in the last week, like I always do, but first let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman from Summit Funding. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and the fantastic opportunities come because the rates are so low. So if you need financing to buy a property you don't own or to refinance a property that, uh, that you already own, or if you're thinking about uh, what's the future hold, maybe a reverse mortgage would be a way to protect that if you're over 62. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you don't want to talk on the phone, but you do want to talk about, you want to get in touch with me, you want to get some information, you want me to send you some numbers, but you don't want to talk on the phone because it's so personal and, uh, or you don't want to talk out loud at, at work. Um, 
about your stuff. So uh, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Summit Funding logo, and that'll take you to my lending page. And there you can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. Tell me what you're, what you're looking to do. And you'll hear back from either myself or one of my talented teammates, Eric Marquez, Cody Bradbury, Brian Goodman, Lance Keisha, or Vlad Kinzer. And we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. It's super busy right now. And it's super busy across the nation for financing. So refinances take a little bit longer. And uh, sometimes you call and you won't hear back for a day or two, but you will hear back. We will get back to you. So uh, be patient. Um, I don't claim to be the fastest, the fastest in responding, but I am the best. So I'll help you steer you towards a, towards a decision that makes sense, most sense for you. And I'll tell you, a lot of people are calling in and I'm saying, I'm saying, Hey, you know what? It's going to cost you this much. And, uh, your savings are going to be this. Yeah. I don't know if I would probably go to the hassle of that. No, it's, uh, you know, and, and I don't, I'm not a one size fits all guy. So you know, how long are you going to stay in the house? If you're going to, if you're not going to stay in the house, are you going to keep it as a rental? What's your intentions, long-term, short-term? And I'll help you, help you find the decision that, uh, that makes best sense for you. Um, if you want to hear any part of the show repeated or you want to uh, share it, you can go to also to edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows. And you can also get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes uh, where you can uh, subscribe for free. And uh, have it have it download once a week to your uh, your computer, your phone, your iPhone, your iPad, your iWatch, your uh, your mini pad, your maxi pad, your puppy pad, anything that you can get a podcast on. And I'm sure there's more things that I haven't even heard of. Uh, there's probably a podcast communicator or something coming out. You know, the technology is growing fast, but go there. You can click and then uh, once a week we upload it on uh, Friday afternoons and uh, you'll have it actually a day earlier than it than it goes on the uh, on the radio. Um, and you can listen to it on demand whenever it's convenient for you. Um, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman. And uh, the Facebook page is the main event at Hoffman. Uh, Facebook.com slash the main event at Hoffman. So, uh, and if you want to leave a comment on the show, send me an email at to ed at edhoffman.net. All right. So there's, there's all my, uh, all my obligations to uh, get the word out on uh, who I am. So let's talk about uh, the final countdown. It's uh Four days to go till uh, at, at the time I'm recording on Friday morning. So it's, uh, it's four days to election day. The difference between these two candidates could not be clearer with President Trump making multiple stops per state uh, in California, Colorado, Nevada and Arizona, which is where I saw more on that in a minute. The campaign says that in the final two days leading up to the election, the president will hit 11 states in 48 hours. Meanwhile, here's what Joe Biden is doing. But the former vice president spent the next five days relatively close to home, putting the most time into Pennsylvania with three stops over two days and a visit to Georgia yesterday. It's pushed the bulk of the travel to the last six days of the election with a stop planned in Florida tomorrow, a rare two state stump on Friday, Iowa and Wisconsin on deck, followed by a third day of travel on Saturday to Michigan. Well, I think if I counted right, there's about a. Uh... Uh, I don't know, five states in five days or six states in five days, which is a which is a big which is a big deal for Trump. I mean, big deal for Biden, because compared to Trump, Trump's hitting three, three, uh, three states a day. And, you know, I, having been a witness to it, what a breakneck schedule that he's got. And uh, I'll give you more details in just a second on on what I witnessed. And. I can give you some insight on why people want to be president. But here's uh, here's what Joe Biden sound like this week. Time and again throughout our history, we've seen charlatans, the con men, the phony populist, 
who sought to play on our fears. Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. Wearing a mask, wear one, period. He's done nothing, nothing. But I'm going to bring Democrats and Republicans together to deliver the economic relief for families, schools and businesses. I said before, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. About economic recovery, I'm not going to shut down the. You know, if if you couldn't understand some of it um, because it sounded like he was babbling. That's the truth. He was babbling. He was babbling. Couldn't keep a uh, couldn't keep his uh, his tongue working as fast as his brain. Yeah, maybe his tongue was working without. You know, it's a ship without a rudder. He's his is a tongue without a brain behind it. Um, you know, same uh, same crap, different flies. Um, same old stuff he says all the time to big giant crowds. Um, just a, just amazing, amazing the size of the crowds. If you see him, and you know, it's like a drive-in movie theater. They uh, that he's standing there. And I and he has people in cars, he says, for COVID. But I think it's because he doesn't want them close enough where they can see his teleprompter because he's got it like on, uh, you know, 20, 20 feet ahead of him on a big on not just a little teleprompter and right in front of him. He's he's talking from a, a, like a big giant screen TV um, that's going 20 feet in front of him because somebody actually showed the video. Someone in the in the production crew actually made a video of it and posted it. Um, but he doesn't want people to see that. And uh, of course, everybody's honking their horns and you, you could tell, you know, number one, how many people could you get there in their cars that could even hear? So it's amazing since uh, and since Biden can't manage to travel more, he had to send Obama to stump for him in, in Orlando, where uh, most of the crowd stayed in their cars. And uh, there were only 273 cars. So think about that for a minute. Only, you know, he's the most popular Democrat in the country. And only 273 people showed up. I will tell you, uh, in Bullhead City, um, there was probably 500 cars in the staging area where I parked, and there was multiple staging areas all over the place. And uh, and it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So here's what here's what Obama sounded like. 12 years ago, when I chose vice president, I didn't know Joe all that well. He and I came from different places. We came from different generations. But I quickly came to admire Joe as a man who learned early to treat everybody he meets with dignity and respect. For eight years, Joe was the last one in the room whenever I faced a big decision. He made me a better president, and he's got the character and the experience to make us a better country. You got a president right now, he wants full credit for an economy that he inherited. He wants zero blame for the pandemic he ignored. But you know what? The job doesn't work that way. You've got to be responsible 24-7. Yeah, Biden was the last one in the room before he made any bigger, big decisions. Of course, he was always ruling in the wrong direction. So uh, he actually he's actually on record saying saying that, hey, I told Barack, I told Barack, we don't have enough evidence. Don't go in after bin Laden. And uh, happily, uh, happily, um, Obama made the made the. The seem the seemingly common sense decision to send the seals in there, and uh, and do it anyway because they had enough had enough uh, intelligence there. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie Zero Dark Thirty, that is a uh, 
that is a great movie, great movie about the actual SEAL team that went in and got him and the people at the at the CIA that uh, were actually tracking him down, not on uh, Barack Obama's orders, but on George Bush's orders. And, uh, you know, his term ran out and they just continued um, at Trump's rally in Bullhead City, Arizona, where I w- where was attended by m- my wife and myself. Uh, Trump said this at about Obama stepping in for Joe. Barack Hussein Obama yesterday, they made the mistake. The camera slipped and they showed his crowd. He had about 20 people there, Barack Hussein, which was about 10 people more than Sleepy Joe had. Now, let me tell you what happened in in uh, Bullhead City. So I'm thinking, hey, uh, I got I got word on uh, Friday, Friday before that he was coming to Bullhead City. And uh, so I'm I'm going online and say, how, how do you get how do you get tickets? How do you get in? And apparently you didn't need tickets, but you go on and register just so they have a headcount. And uh, so Don and I decided we'll leave out. We'll leave uh, Tuesday after work and drive out to our house in Bullhead City. And then we'll we'll go on there. So the the rally was at noon. We left our house at 630 to go over to the Sam's Club parking lot, uh, which is just a mile and a half or something into the into the airport because you couldn't get any cars into the airport. We waited two and a half hours in line um, with a big giant crowd to get on these buses that were coming and they started at seven. We didn't get on a bus until 930 and we got there and we got there, you know, a few minutes before seven and uh, and uh, just pandemonium out there. Just people being around people that are like minded is so exhilarating. So you get on the buses about 930. And uh, so we're up there and get off the bus about 945 by the time they let you off to the airport. And then you got an hour and a half to uh, you're walking from the terminal out to where the where they had security to get you in towards where the rally was going to be. So you're walking out there, you go through security, take every single thing out of your pockets. It's it's uh, it's like a uh, it's like going through the airport, except for a little bit more intense. And uh, you got to put on your mask, got to put on your mask on the way through. And uh, and, you know, of course, as soon as as soon as you got through security, everybody took off their mask because nobody nobody there believes in this covid thing. And uh, and there had and then we get in there about 11. So we wait an hour ish for uh, for the president to get there. By the time we got in, all the bleachers were full. Um, You couldn't get very close to where he was speaking. You had the governor of of Arizona there. You had uh, Martha McSally, the senator. Republican senator, you had uh, the head of the Arizona Nevada uh, GOP there making comments, big loud music going on, and then in comes Air Force One, and everybody's looking up in the sky waiting. And you see every so often you see the helicopters go up like they're clearing airspace, so you start to anticipate that hey, Air Force One must be coming in now. And I think he spoke in Las Vegas early in the morning, so uh, he wasn't coming far, uh, about a hundred miles. So. Um, but he spoke at 10 o'clock in, in Las Vegas. Um, and then he flew into Bullhead city and, uh, as he's coming in, as he's coming in, everyone's, everyone's got their cameras up. Everybody's watching and they're, and some of the people are going, Hey, here he comes. Here he comes. I'm going, I'm looking up this guy. I don't see him say, you know, what? it's so far out there. So far out there that, you know, some people probably have better eyes than I do, but, uh, as he's coming in, I'm, I'm videotaping just in case, and then I'd stop every, about every minute. So then uh, as he starts to get closer, the crowd starts getting crazy. The music starts getting louder. And uh, and he he lands that big, gigantic 
747 lands in Bullhead City Airport, which I don't think normally get 747s landing there. It's not a it's not a big airport, and uh, he lands there, and and you know it's the the cheering and the excitement. He comes off and waves his hands, and everyone's going crazy. Comes down, gets in his little SUV, travels uh, you know two hundred yards up to the stage, and gets in there and and talks talks for uh, for an hour hour or so. Um, let me give you some of the highlights. Normal life will fully resume. That's what we want, right? Normal life. Normal life. What a nice group. By the way, we are substantially up in a state known as Arizona. Do you know about that? Huh? Substantially. And I hear we're up in Nevada. Is that right? This morning, I get a fake poll. So we're one up in a real poll or even or whatever, but we'll end up winning it. But I get a poll. ABC Washington Post, they're fakes. Trump, 17 down in Wisconsin. 17. Thank you. Thank you. And they tried it last time four years ago, too, and that didn't work out too well. That's where they want to take us. I'm fighting for the dreams of all Americans, including millions of truly amazing Hispanic Americans. Who's Hispanic? Who's Hispanic? Our country will never be a socialist country. And that's where they want to take us. That's where they want to take us. You're so lucky I'm your president. Isn't it nice to have a president that doesn't need a teleprompter, right? Thank you. And I love you. I do. I love you. I love you. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty, pretty exciting. And I can tell you, uh, he gets done talking. The music goes on. Uh, he walks behind the stage, gets in his little SUV again, back up to Air Force One, walks up and uh, waves from the top of the stairs and back into the plane. I have to say that to me is just awesome this would be the this is probably a reason why some people want to be president not for the four hundred thousand a year which he's not taking not for what they can do for america but obviously barack obama made the comment hey the thing i'm going to miss about being the president is the plane and of course that's really what he thought he's he got the president he got the presidency so he could have the plane and make a few speeches read some teleprompters and that's was his whole job i'm happy trump doesn't feel that way but what a rush what a rush you're you're you know we spent five hours preparing for this preparing for it he flies in gets off the plane makes a speech people are people are just crazy excited to see you make that make that speech go in and and before we got out of the airport because it took like an hour and a half to uh, to get out of the airport because the crowd was so big there must have been 15 20 thousand people there and it was you know I didn't see any fights. I didn't see any uh, any issues. Everyone was pumped up and pumped up for what's about to happen next Tuesday and uh, what was about to happen that day. And I'm looking on the Trump 2020 app. And by the time we got on the bus to go back to our cars, it said event in uh, Goodyear, Arizona has already be, has already is already uh, uh, in process. So he's already on stage in Goodyear, Arizona, which is somewhere outside of uh, Phoenix and making a speech. And then then the next day I'm looking at the events the next day he's in. Florida, Tampa, Florida in the morning, and then he's in somewhere in uh, Michigan 
two hours later, and then he's in um, Pennsylvania, I think, is where he, he finished for Thursday. And Friday, he's got three stops. He's got he's doing like three stops, and I know he's set up for like uh, what did I say five, five, 11 states in the last 48 hours before the election. This guy is a worker. This guy is a worker, and I can tell you, proud to have him as our president. So anyway, I'm all out of time for uh, this half of the main event. So stay tuned for some uh, traffic, weather, commercials, and sports. And uh, I'll be back with everything else that's going on this week. I can't say that I've been much of anything most of my life. It's sort of like somewhere along the way I, I checked out. And it's not like I had big dreams to begin with, but I had, I had something once, something close to faith or hope or whatever whatever word you want to use for how good life could be. But then the years, they start moving quicker and all of a sudden what's going good out there for everybody else, it didn't didn't go so good for you. But tonight I feel um, embarrassed. I've had my chances more than most. I've grown up in a country where if I decided to do more with my life than just drift and drink, that I could be standing where, where maybe you stand tonight. Instead, I've taken freely and I've given nothing. I'm ashamed in front of my daughter and my country. I've never served or sacrificed. The only heavy lifting I have ever been asked is simple stuff like, you know, um, pay attention, vote. If America has a, well, if America has a true enemy tonight, I guess it's me. back to part two of the main event my name is ed hoffman with summit funding I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the on the show but uh if you're uh if you're interested if you're in the market or if you're not sure if you're in the market or not call me toll free at 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the summit funding logo so uh, that clip I opened up part two with is a, a quote from Swing, is a scene from Swing Vote. You know what? Don't be apathetic. Whether you're not sure, whether you're, you, know, you don't think your vote counts. Well, this is California. My votes don't count because, uh, you know, the Democrats are going to take it anyway. You know what? I'm seeing, I'm seeing lots and lots and lots of Trump, Trump uh, parades out there. I think there's, I think, I think the Democrats have pushed their their agenda so far. Maybe we see a, a red California wave coming through. So get out, get off your butt, go down, vote in person. And uh, I think you can vote just about everywhere early. So if you don't want to wait till Tuesday, you can do it. Uh, you can do it today or probably Saturday or Monday. Um, but certainly go vote in person. Don't mail in your vote. Don't let somebody come to your door and pick it up. Go down there and vote in person and uh make sure your your ballot your votes count and remember uh uh asia smith if you're in uh, riverside marino valley 
uh, Beaumont, uh, Banning, I'm, I'm forgetting Paris. Um, if you're, uh, if you're in, uh, uh, Asia, Asia's district, let's get rid of Mark Takano or our first open, our first openly gay Gaijin that really doesn't care about you unless you're gay. Um, he doesn't really care about anything that affects our, our district or our country other than anything Nancy Pelosi says or anything that has to do with the gay community. And, uh, if you're in uh, Redland, San Bernardino, uh, Rialto, Rancho Cucamonga, or anywhere in between. Uh, Agnes Gibney is your is your uh, your uh, your angel mom, who's a great Republican and a super great lady. Uh, get out there and vote for her as well. And of course, uh, President Donald Trump. Let's help him get reelected. And uh, whether California goes our way, it doesn't. There's a lot of other things to vote for that that do make a difference. And uh, so you need to get out there. Um, also, I'll, I'll remind everybody, uh, Scott McAfee mentioned he's got the Make America Laugh Again thing going on on uh, Sunday night at the Mill Creek Cattle Company. If you want information on that, go to uh, MakeAmericaLaughAgainEvent.com and get tickets for uh, dinner and comedy for Sunday night at uh, the Mill Creek Cattle Company. Okay, so uh, let's talk about what's going on this week. So the Biden campaign is hoping to ride it out to election day without last week's revelations from Tony Bobolinsky making an impact and their friends in the media are happy to help. But Bobolinsky continues to tell his story this week, sitting down with Tucker Carlson actually for a whole hour to give more details about Hunter Biden selling foreign governments like China access to Joe Biden in order to enrich the Biden family. So he came on, uh, I think it was Tuesday night. Uh, remember last week he heard Bobolinsky summarize, summarize the events, uh, Remember last week, we heard Bobolinsky summarize the events, how he was approached to be CEO of a company called Sinohawk with Hunter as, gen as a generously paid chairman who would hold his 20% plus 10% for the big guy, meaning Joe Biden. Um, and of course, Joe Biden was the uh, sitting vice president at that time because this happened in 2015, I believe. So this week, he started off by explaining his at his first meeting with Hunter and another partner, Rob Walker. Remember, Hunter loves the LA lifestyle, so of course he has business meetings at the Chateau Marmont. I met uh, with Hunter Biden uh, multiple times at the Chateau Marmont and, um, and Rob Walker, and uh, the discussion was they wanted me to sit down with their father just to meet him. Rob Walker uh, was a partner in Rosemont Seneca and had a very close relationship with the Biden family and had developed and been working with James Gillier throughout 2015 and 2016 to develop this deal with the Chinese and CFC. So if you remember from last week, uh, CEFC, uh Chinese company that uh, does is in energy that they were going to uh, create a company called Sinohawk, Sino meaning China and Hawk being a uh, hunter's brother, uh, Bo's favorite, favorite animal. Um, so they created Sinohawk and, uh, and Tony Bobolinsky was going to be CEO and uh, the other, other members of the equity shareholders were him, Rob Walker, James Gillier, uh, Hunter Biden, Jim Biden. And then of course, 10% for the big guy. Um, that Hunter was holding. And this was, and they said the idea was they were going to start with $10 million, um, $10 million of uh, uh, financial infusion from CEFC. And they were going to grow it to billions by acquiring uh, uh, technology, infrastructure, and real estate in the United States and other countries. So in other words, hey, we're selling, we're selling this uh, Chinese company access to the United States. 
and uh, and access to the vice president of the United States. So uh, fast forward to May of 2017, when it's finally time for Hunter to introduce Bobolinsky to the big guy. The former vice president was flying in and uh, we were to meet at the Beverly Hilton. Uh, the Milken conference was going on, obviously one of the top three conferences in the world for anybody that's a global investor and hunter and everyone was in town and they wanted to coordinate me meeting with Joe. And so it was set up for the night of May 2nd at the Beverly Hilton. Joe came through the lobby with his security. The hunter introduced me as, uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. So the former vice president has said he had no knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings and was not involved in them at all. But this sounds like direct involvement in them. Yeah, that's a blatant lie. When he states that, that is a blatant lie. Why at 1038 on the night of May 2nd would Joe Biden take time out of his schedule to sit down with me in a dark bar at the Beverly Hilton, sort of positioned behind a column so people couldn't see us, to have a discussion about his family where Jim Biden sat and Hunter Biden participated in I'm irrelevant in the story. Um, I, they weren't raising money from me. There was no other reason for me to be in that bar meeting Joe Biden than to discuss what I was doing with his family's name uh, in the Chinese CFC. So it was clear to you that Joe Biden's son had told him about this business? Crystal clear. Crystal clear. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting in part of that interview, um, their meeting in there. And uh, as as they ended the meeting, uh, Joe Biden pulled him aside and said and said, hey, keep an eye on on Jim and Hunter. So his brother and his son, he said, hey, keep an eye on these guys. And uh, uh, knowing that, hey, Jim's a Jim's a loser. Hunter's a loser. Um, they're spearheading this because I'm the vice president. I'm going to get in trouble if somebody knows about this. But I got a I got an actual uh, legitimate big business, global business, uh, man in, uh, Tony Bobolinsky. Hey, keep an eye on these guys. So what did Tony think when Joe Biden denied all this at the debate? Remember what we learned last week, the emails show CEFC China offering the, the Biden family a $5 million interest free loan. The emails imply that Hunter wanted the, that money to go directly to his own pocket. And Bobolinsky says Hunter told him that that was because he's the one putting his family's legacy on the line. Well, so they went in knowingly realizing that, hey, if this comes out, we're all screwed. Uh, not, not Now knowing all this, remember when Joe said, I have never taken any money from foreign government, period. Here's how Tony Bobolinsky feels about that. Obviously, the world's aware that I attended the uh, debate last Thursday. And uh, in that debate, he made a specific statement around questions around this from the president. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I uh, almost stood up and screamed liar and walked out because I was shocked um, that after four days or five days that they prepped for this, that the Biden family is taking that position to the world. Yeah, I think uh, he probably should have done it because remember in uh in times when there have been people that yell at at a state of the unions or they yell at at big, big events, um, everyone wants to know, what did they say? What did they say? You know, people during the Kavanaugh uh, hearings where someone would would yell out something before they uh, before they escorted him out. And everyone's going, what, what exactly did they say? It would have been harder for NBC and ABC and CNN and PMS, NBC and all the other stations to. Uh, to not report on this stuff had had he jumped up and said liar and then walked out, he would have been escorted out the door. 
And of course, but everybody in the country would have heard it. So people would have said, who was that? And they'd have to bring up Bob, Bob Alinsky's name and, uh, and it would all come, it would all come to, uh, to all the people that haven't heard about this. That's everybody who watches PMS NBC or the communist news network or watches social media, all this stuff that's been, that all this stuff's been blocked. And you wonder what's the point, what's the point of blocking this stuff? We're a week from the, we're a week out from the, uh, from the election. Why wouldn't, why would they not want people to know the truth about how dirty Joe Biden is? Cause I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything uh, even accused of Trump taking money from other companies or using his, his, uh, his office to enrich himself or to do anything like that. Oh, the biggest thing they got was, Hey, you tried to pressure the, the, uh, the Ukrainians into giving you to do an investigation into uh, the, this very same thing that Biden admitted to. And they tried to impeach him on that. No one wants to talk, talk about, well, why was Trump interested in that? You know, it, Biden admitted it right on camera. Hey, you know what? Uh, I told him you're not getting the million, the billion dollars unless uh, the guy's fired. And uh, son of a, you know, he, he got fired. They fired him. What do you know about that? It wasn't his billion dollars. It was our billion dollars. Think about that. That's the money that comes out of your check every week. That's the money you pay taxes on your retirement every week. That's every month. That's the money that you pay, pay whenever you, uh, whenever you do make any money, you pay a piece of it to the, to the government. That's whose money Joe Biden went over there and he's, and he's enriching his family and using our money as a, uh, as, as a, as a carrot for them. Hey, you know what? You don't get the million, you don't get the billion dollars if, uh, if you don't fire him. Why they, why do you want him to fire him? Because he didn't want his, his, uh, his son's a uh, million dollars a year, uh, a uh, million dollars a year salary for being on the board of directors of Burisma, you know, a gas company over there to, to stop because, you know, some of it's going back in Joe's pocket. You know, for all those years, for, you know, 47 years, he was in uh, he was in government. And he had the, the lowest the lowest net worth of anybody in the Senate. But somehow he's got a lot of money right now. I don't know where that came from. How do you how do you spend 40 plus years in uh, in government? and develop that kind of a, that kind of a net worth. I don't know. He says it's from speaking, speaking fees. I've never seen an ad where, Hey, comes here, Joe, Joe Biden speak. Um, I don't think anybody who's listening has heard. So, uh, so what's, and what's, uh, what's about Joe's, Joe's brother, Jim, who, who gets paid and invite to be an advisor to his brother. Here's Tony's recap of something Jim said back in 2017 before Joe decided to run for president. I know Joe decided not to run in 2016, but what if he ran in the future? Aren't they taking political risk or headline risk? And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. Yeah, reminds me of another scene from uh, Independence Day. Why the hell wasn't I told about this place? Two words, Mr. President. Plausible deniability. Yeah, well, uh, plausible deniability. The only problem is that he doesn't have plausible deniability because Tony Bobolinsky and, of course, a handful of other people have our, our eyewitnesses that he knew about everything that was going on because he was involved in these meetings. So I don't even think the Biden family is, is even smart enough to know how plausible deniability works, you know, you got to have, you got to have no, uh, 
he had to have no uh, trail of that he had any any knowledge of it. And then uh, how'd that money get in Joe Biden's account? Well, he got it from his son. Where'd the son get it? And uh, why was his son giving so much money to his to his dad? Or maybe he had it in a in some other account that uh, isn't in his exact name. So uh, it's it's no plausible deniability. Well, let's just have a handful of people meet with with Biden. And what happens if his brother gets mad at him? What happens if his brother gets mad at him and he says it? What happens if his son gets mad at him and he says it or puts it on a on a on a text message to his oldest daughter a couple of years ago? Hey, you know what? I'm not going to ask for half your paycheck like like Pops does. Okay, I don't know, but that doesn't sound like uh, it doesn't sound like plausible deniability. These Bidens are so stupid, they don't even know how to cover their own butt. So remember, the only reason we know any of this is because the because the New York Post story that ran two weeks ago before it was censored by all the social media platforms on the grounds that it was false information. So Senate Judiciary Committee subpoenaed all the social media CEOs to testify this week. And uh, Ted Cruz ripped Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey a new one. Who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC but we're, we're not doing that. I acknowledge and completely agree with the concerns that it feels like uh, a black box. Yeah, it feels like a black box because we're just we want to make sure we check it all out, except for if it's something against Trump. They don't wait for anything to to verify it's it's real. Hey, everybody knows it's not them. It's whoever's tweeting it. But they want to make sure that it's a it's a they want to make sure before something goes out of uh, that's anti that's anti Biden. They want to make sure we check that out and put it on the put it in a black box where no one can hear it or see it or have any conscious uh, knowledge of it. Um, and of course, they they claim that, hey, all this stuff is, you know, hey, maybe we made a mistake on this one. But then uh, the head of the Border Patrol uh, tweeted something out on uh, Thursday, Thursday, I think it was, and uh, about the the 400 miles of border wall that's that's up uh, has really made it has really been instrumental in helping the border patrol uh, keep the flow of uh, illegal uh, immigrants out. And of course, uh, Twitter blocked that one too, took his whole, uh, his whole account down. So, you know what I think, think what we're going towards is, uh, is getting rid of the first amendment, which is uh, the right to free press, the right to free speech, the right to all that stuff. And folks, you're watching it happen. You're watching it happen. And if you don't recognize this, then uh, you know what? Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And if your kids aren't don't recognize it, you need to open their eyes to what's happening because uh, the changes that are made today are going to affect our kids and our grandkids more than they're going to affect us. So uh, when things couldn't get any weirder, Tucker Carlson tells us this story. So on Monday of this week, we received a, from a source a collection of confidential documents related to the Biden family. We believe those documents are authentic, they're real, and they're damning. At the time we received them, our, my executive producer, Justin Wells, and I were in Los Angeles preparing to interview Tony Bobolinsky about the Biden's business dealings in China, Ukraine, and other countries. So we texted a producer in New York, and we asked him to send those documents to us in L.A., and he did that. So Monday afternoon of this week, he shipped those documents overnight to California with a large national carrier, a brand-name company that we've used, you've used countless times with never a single problem. But the Biden documents never arrived in Los Angeles. 
Tuesday morning, we received word from the shipping company that our package had been opened and the contents were missing. The documents had disappeared. Now, to its credit, the company took this very seriously and immediately began a search. They traced the envelope from the moment our producers dropped it off in Manhattan on Monday all the way to 3.44 a.m. yesterday morning. That's when an employee at a sorting facility in another state noticed that our package was open and empty. Apparently, it had been opened. So the company's security team interviewed every one of its employees who touched the envelope we sent. They searched the plane and the trucks that carried it. They went through the office in New York where our producer dropped that package off. They combed the entire cavernous sorting facility. They used pictures of what we had sent so that searchers would know what to look for. They went far and beyond, but they found nothing. Those documents have vanished. So what happened the next day is apparently... uh they found it and there was a flash drive in there and they, and they found it, but they won't say where they found it, how it got, how it got open. They won't say any of that stuff, but they, they uh, returned the flash drive. So they did get it. Those documents were not from Tony Bobolinsky. It's from some other source and they haven't told us what it is yet, but, uh, but you know what? It just goes to show that people want to get you. They can get you anywhere. And uh, and the and the and the deep state is has power everywhere. You know what? If you don't think the people at the post office are uh, are are above being paid off to make uh, to make mail in vote votes disappear, then you're just not paying attention. If you don't think people at a, at a UPS are capable of being paid off to make uh, to find a find a package and uh, and make the contents disappear then then you're just you're just you're in denial because that's what happens and it's and it's whatever we can do to protect joe biden and whatever we can do to try and uh uh humiliate president trump so uh pay attention folks and you gotta vote uh thanks to mitch mcconnell's decision to shut down the debate and move uh to final confirmation uh, vote amy coney barrett was sworn in as our new supreme court justice on monday and another sign that the Trump presidency is like no other. The swearing-in ceremony took place at the White House on Monday night, just hours after the final vote. This is a momentous day for America, for the United States Constitution, and for the fair and impartial rule of law. We will proudly swear in the newest member of the United States Supreme Court, Justice Amy Coney Barrett. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. Yes, and after being sworn in by uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, uh, Justice Barrett addressed the nation with something she said repeatedly throughout her confirmation that she is fair, impartial, and rules based on the law, no matter what the Democrats say. Federal judges don't stand for election. Thus, they have no basis for claiming that their preferences reflect those of the people. This separation of duty from political preference is what makes the judiciary distinct among the three branches of government. A judge declares independence not only from Congress and the president, but also from the private beliefs that might otherwise move her. 
Yeah. So if you think about it, we've got nine, nine justices on the Supreme Court. Now we have uh, Amy Coney Barrett, conservative, Brett Kavanaugh, conservative, Neil Gorsuch, conservative, Samuel Alito, conservative, Clarence Thomas, conservative. So there's five of them. You got John Roberts, Chief Chief Justice John Roberts, who was was uh, nominated by George Bush. So the thought he was conservative, but he rules like a Democrat. So let's give him a half and half. Then you got Sonia Sotomayor, uh, liberal, Marilyn Kagan, liberal, and uh, Stephen Breyer, liberal. So you got uh, three and a half to five and a half in the conservative. And even if you gave the whole thing, hold John Roberts to the to the liberals, um, you got five to four. You know, it's 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 a slight shift that everyone's everyone's having a shift fit over. Uh, and it's uh, but it's finally, you know, it's 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 pretty exciting because Amy Coney Barrett is is 48. So which means she'll be there for probably 30 years. And uh, it's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Um, let's uh, let's finish with this little clip from uh, Mitch McConnell later in the week. It was a wonderful birthday present for Hillary Clinton to confirm Amy Comey Barrett to the Supreme Court Monday night on her birthday. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she was so grateful, so grateful. Yeah, I think uh, Hillary Clinton is just saying, hey, there's three three nominations that she could have put in there had she won. She still thinks she that she had the 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 election stolen from her. She can't get over it. She's still screaming about uh, she got the that she had the, the election stolen from her. Hey, folks, Tuesday's election day. Get out there and vote. It doesn't matter if you think your vote doesn't count in California. Get out there and vote because you need to vote for, you know, we have a red wave, red wave coming. We have a chance, but it's going to take every single vote to do it. Let's give uh, Trump California and for sure, get out there and vote for Asia Smith for Riverside and San Bernardino, the San Bernardino area, Agnes Gibney. Uh, no on all the, no on all the uh, propositions except for 20 and 22. Um, get out there and vote and uh, let's uh, pray for a positive, positive influence on Tuesday night. Positive uh, result. Hey, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week. The opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Summit Funding Incorporated. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 1016588, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, Branch NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity.